five minutes after the 11 o'clock hour. Welcome into the whole show, powered by Chevron. We are live from the Aloe Fiber Studios. We got a big one tonight, man. A huge game tonight for Colorado State. Colorado State is opening up as a seven-point dog, I believe, against New Mexico in the pit tonight. So, really pumped for that one. Angel, I know you're out on that one. That is a eight, that's an 8 o'clock game. Now, and it probably will start a little bit later than that, being on CBS Sports Network. So I know you're out, you know, with the morning situation going on. But this this will be a big game. It's not to the point right now, um, because of what CSU did against Utah State at home, that philosophy that we've talked about with Kevin with the Colorado one is still true. you got to win at home. As long as you win at home and you take care of your business at home, you, you're going to go dancing. I mean, they're, they're in right now. They're 22nd in the country. But th- on the flip side, this is a huge game tonight for New Mexico. I mean, they, they're at the stage now where they really need to win this. They have dropped. Um, now they're, you know, they're behind CSU because CSU has the tiebreaker. New Mexico's 8-5. and five. CSU's 8-5. and five. Nevada's 8-5. and five. San Diego State's 9-5. and five. Boise State's 9-4. and four. Utah State is 10-4. and four. So it's still wide open. And if the Rams want to win the regular season title... Basically, the next loss puts them in a tough spot. That's not to say Utah State can't lose some games, but you know you find a way to beat New Mexico in in the pit tonight, and that is easier said than done. Not sure if it's going to happen, but you find a way. Then you're at UNLV, and then you have two of your last three will be at home, home against Nevada, home against Wyoming, then at Air Force. So the end of the season should look pretty good for Colorado State, but going to be a fun one tonight. I'm just honestly... Like, if I'm a Rams fan, I'm going in with, like, there's not a lot of pressure on this one. Not as much pressure as there was on that Utah State game. And then you, the, the last time we saw this Rams team, they whooped up on the number one team in the Mountain West by 20 points. So, big one tonight. Looking forward to it. I, did a, I didn't do a poll question today because I did one last night, Angel. How concerned, just from the outside looking in, you know, a lot of talk this week is about Colorado State and their athletic director and all that stuff. And we did put out a request to get uh, John Weber on, who's the interim uh, athletic director. Not sure if that's going to happen anytime soon. Uh, I'm guessing the guy is extremely busy, but he did say at some point he'll be on with us. We'll see. How concerned would you be, though, if you're just outside looking in, that he doesn't have a sports background? Does that bother you, or are you of that mindset of, I do believe athletic directors now need to have a business mindset first, and then the athletic stuff, they can surround themselves with enough people to help them with those relationships, help them figure out the scheduling and all that stuff. I mean, is that a concern that this guy doesn't have a sports background? I don't think it's a huge concern. When I was in school learning about sports management and things like that in these classes, um, there's this big chart of like athletic director, and there's like, five people below him and then there's 10 people below them. Right. It's, it's a big umbrella of you know hierarchy of what you're doing. I think anything related to sports you should have some inclination or passion towards sports in some way. Yeah, and because he, sports people, coaches, right. they're just different people. He clearly has the passion side. I mean, he got into the green and gold guard and, you know, I don't think he was making any money off of that. And he did it because he wanted to strengthen Colorado State. He wanted to get that going so they can keep and get better players. So he clearly gets that side of it. So that part is really appealing. So of the poll, we got a lot of interaction on this last night. Um, 
it was 56% say yes, 43% say no, as far as liking the idea of him becoming the next AD for CSU. Now, a lot of people have said, hey, I like the idea, but I need to hear his vision, his plan for the future, and see who he would put around him to make him and CSU successful. Yeah, there's there's going to be, in the next month or two or three, you, you, hopefully you start to get an idea of what kind of athletic director he would be. Now, again, I don't know how serious any of this is. I have not talked to John about whether he even wants to be the long-term athletic director. I would imagine. I mean, you don't get in to be an interim, and then he's going to put the green and gold guard thing on hold. He's, he's not a part of that anymore. I don't think you bounce into this with the idea that you're not going to be the long-term guy. Because if that's the case, wouldn't CSU have been better off just staying with Joe Parker until the end of the sports calendar year? And then and then reevaluating after what, you know, you get to your final spring sports, and then you, you go from there, and then you look to hire that person, and they have all summer to figure it out. I, I think that this was very much, uh, and this is just my opinion because of the timing, I think this is very much a... Let's, let's remove Joe as the AD now and put John Weber in. Give him two to three months to wow us. And then we'll make a decision whether he's the long-term guy or do we need to go on a search here for the, you know, the next month after that. But on paper, the idea of, of an athletic director with more of a business mind is, to, is pretty good, especially considering you know, the, the time we're living in. I posted a bunch of stuff last night, just kind of, you know, in this day and age, what being an athletic director really means, what's expected of you. And I kind of just go off on, I, I suppose, what what CSU, in my opinion, has done wrong over the last few years. And I, and I think it, it does come down to, first off, what are you doing in the NIL world. That is such that that is the component right now. That is the biggest thing uh, an, an athletic director is going to be tasked with. So I'll just read kind of what I put together, my my X version of deep thoughts of uh, from a wandering mind. I put in today's world of college sports, an athletic director will be asked to do the business things first, the sports things second. Can you raise money? Can you compete or work with the NIL collectives? And what I mean by that, some people were confused by it. You're competing with the NIL. You're still going to be sell, getting advertisers, raising money. Not, not advertisers, but you're getting donors and all that stuff. You're hoping that they have enough money to give to you as opposed to NIL, but you want money to go to the NIL. That is a very tough balance to walk, as I talked about yesterday. Can you market your program to the point a bigger conference might want you? Can you uh, market your program to the point casual fans want to go to your games? Someone asked me last night, well, what would you do to entice them to come to games if you're just a mediocre team, you're not winning all the time? I mean, Angel, first thing I'd do is I'd pick up the phone and I'd call Dick Monfort. I mean, it's baseball, I understand that. But what has he created there at Coors Field? It's an event. It's not just a baseball game. There are so many extra things to do there, and I get that that takes time and that takes money to make Canvas Stadium kind of a hangout there. But are there more things you can do on the tailgate side of things? Make it an event. You have to you have to really bolster up that game day experience. You have to have sections in certain parking lots where there's fun things to do. I know this is the pros, but I look at what the Broncos have done recently. You know, I was down there last year. The mini mile high thing they have, that's legit, man. 
That is so freaking cool. They, they I don't know if you've seen it. They built basically a mini stadium. It's the old Mile High, but it's the, a tiny little stadium, and you have to be a, a specific member to get in there. You go in. You have the stadium. You can go sit up in actual stadium seats, and I think the seats are from the old stadium. They got a big screen up there that looks like the the big screen at Old Mile High, and they're just replaying highlights of of Broncos stuff, reliving Super Bowl years. And then outside of that, there's a tent you go in, and there's items you can buy, memorabilia you can buy, there's beer, there's food. It all comes with this extra ticket purchase. So you you buying a ticket to the game, oh, you're also an MVP or VIP or whatever it is, and you go and you have that experience. So I'm thinking of stuff like that. You know, again, that takes money. That takes a lot of money to create that kind of thing. And I know they have the new Belgium stage or whatever that is, uh, porch on the what is that on the um, is that on the west side of the of the stadium? And that's kind of cool. That's of the right idea. But you got to be engaging with the fans. And I do think that when an athletic director gets on podcasts and gets on radio shows and and says some of the things that Joe said towards the fans. I think people hear that enough and they get frustrated. So when the losses happen, it wins you got to win first. That's I mean that is that is the big deal. But when the losses do happen, your patience wears thin. It's kind of like what, what I said about Jay Norvell. When you hire Jay Norvell, his attitude, his work ethic, everything that he's doing in the community, getting out and about, makes it easier to root for the guy even when you're having a down year. Steve Adazio was the opposite of that. As soon as he loses. You don't like his, he's abrasive, you don't really like his personality, the way he comes across in the media, you're not in. You don't like him as the guy, you, you just, you're just viewing him as a football coach. That same goes for the athletic director. Are you likable? Are you inviting to your fans? Are you vowing? Pat Boland did this, and I know I'm crossing the, the pro and college streams here, but Pat Boland was so good about speaking to the fans, and apologizing for bad seasons and saying, we will get this right. I remember when the lot, one of the lockouts happened, Pat Bowen was one of the first owners, maybe he was the first owner, to write a letter to the fans and say, this is affecting you the most. You're the ones getting, getting affected by this. We're going to fix it. We're going to do everything in our power. Whether Pat Bowen had the power at that moment to do that, fans hear that, and that, that you do get that sense of he's fighting for us. So I think when the athletic director gets on programs and says things like, you know, we block those fans. I have to mute those fans. It gets old. And, you, you know, you got to come out to our games first. I mean, he's viewing it the other way around. you got to come out and support what we're putting out because it's football at the end of the day. Just come out here. Fans don't want to hear that. They want you to win. That's, that's what it comes down to. But I'm telling you, if there is some kind of real experience, and I, I will say, since Canvas Stadium became a thing, the tailgate experience is, is a lot better. It's fun. It's cool. You, know, you get that campus vibe, and I think people like that. But that should be one of your missions. Um, the other thing I put up here was, can you hire the right coaches? Obviously. That's your sports side of things. But can you ensure them that you'll aid NIL collectives so you can keep or gain better athletes? Now, that's not to say they're aiding them like giving NIL collective money. They can't do that. But they're working, st- uh, have a good working relationship with that collective. And I think that there was that pushback at CSU. I don't know that Joe Parker really embraced it. And I think that he did as much as he could to just say, yeah, we have it, but I don't think he was promoting it. In this day and age, Angel, you can't tell a player they're going to get money, but you can say we have a strong collective when you're recruiting. You can say we have a strong collective 
And all I will say is here's their card, and you can contact them if you're really interested. But they're, you know, we have a strong relationship, and we appreciate our collective, and it's good. So that's what I talk about when I'm saying aid the NIL collectives. Can you tackle the inevitable scandals that are going to happen? You're dealing with a lot of people. You're dealing with big money guys. You're dealing with big personalities. So you're going to get coaches that come in and that maybe they do something wrong. Maybe they yell. Maybe they, they, they make a student athlete feel like crap. Maybe it's worse than that. Can you handle that? I mean, you have to deal with it. You're the one that's going to have to speak up if something happens. If one of your players screws up and does something wrong. If one of your coaches screws up and does something wrong. You are the athletic director. You're, you have to stand up and, and handle all those things. You can't kick the can down the road. And I know we keep throwing that phrase out, but that's a lot of how I felt things were handled with Joe Parker. Um, can you embrace criticism or will you hide from it? Positive or negative, people talking about you is a good thing, save for scandals, obviously. Muting fans... It's not a good idea. Muting, uh, shutting off your comment section after a loss is not a good idea. And I know that's social media, but social media is a vital part of our world now. It's a vital part of our business world, our sports world. So you have to treat that with the with the respect that it deserves. And I I just think muting fans is is out of out of this world to me. Or not mute, not just muting fans, but blocking off comments, shutting it down. Now, if you're you're going to get nasty fans, and I know during the the Rocky Mountain Showdown, you got some really nasty stuff. I'm all I'm all for that, blocking that out. But just saying, oh, we lost, we don't want to hear it. Shutting the comment section off that's that's stuff that's on an athletic director. His job should be to to meet with his his uh, social media crew and to say things like, hey, no, if we lose, we we got to take it. We win, we celebrate, we market the crap out of that. If we lose, we embrace it, we own it. Texter from uh, Big Hub here, First Advantage text line, 888-530-0043. John Weber is a man that knows how to bring people together to build up CSU's NIL collective. This is needed in today's game. I mean, if you don't think that's the number one reason John Weber was sitting next to Amy Parsons in their interview they did last night with, uh, with, Bryant, with, with Roth, the voice of the Rams, then you're out of your mind. That is 100%. Why they did this. Texter, I also heard, and no confirmation on it, but that Joe wasn't all in on NIL deals. That's kind of the rumor going on. I think Joe even admitted it, that he's not crazy about it. He understands it now, but he's not crazy about it. Uh, Flying Dutchman says, speaking of winning, how has CSU done in the transfer portal? I don't think it's great. I mean, I don't think it's like we're looking at gigantic names here that you're thinking, wow, they're going to change the the landscape of the program. But that's something, too, that... I think with a strong NIL collective, you know, a good back, a, a, a recent history of success, those are the things that are going to make guys want to come play here. You know, you do have that stadium. And again, I know the coaches are using every tool in their tool belt to try to get players to come here, whether it's through the transfer portal or just recruiting top high school athletes. But you have to have that help from the athletic director side of it, too. 21 minutes after the hour. Let's take a quick break. Um, the latest on this TV deal with altitude is there light at the end of the tunnel what what's going on with Comcast at this point Kyle Fredrickson from the Gazette put together an interesting story an interesting read about just kind of where we are right now in the sports media distribution landscape so it's not just an altitude Comcast thing we're seeing it all over the country let's get into some of that on the other side also UNC standout player DeJore Reeves is going to join the program Day Day Reeves he's been on an absolute tear Angel 
And the Bears are still sitting in second place in the Big Sky Conference. There is a chance they could overtake Eastern Washington. They play Eastern Washington this weekend, right? So it's a huge, huge couple of games coming up for the UNC Bears. 21 after the hour. It's the whole show powered by Chevron on Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. the Rams with the Isaiah Stevens Show on Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. This is your UNC Bears head men's basketball coach, Steve Smiley, and you're listening to the whole show on 1310 KFKA. Go Bears. Hi, I'm Darren Dunn, Director of Athletics at the University of Northern Colorado, and you're listening to the whole show, 1310 KFKA. Just 29 minutes after the hour, I'm pumped to get this next guest on the program. Angel, he just happens to be my player of the week this week. I mean, yeah. DeJore Reeves has been on a mission the last couple of games. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, listen to that. Susan and Cheryl absolutely love it. 24 against Sac State, 27 against Portland State, 25 against Montana, 21 against Montana State. Mr. 20-plus now um, is what we're going to start calling this guy. DeJore Reeves, guard for the UNC Bears. Uh, DeJore, thanks so much, man, for giving us some time. We appreciate you popping on the program. Thank you for having me on. Man, you have been on a tear. Seriously. Like, it has just been night after night you've been putting up big performances. Yes, sir. It's just the confidence that I have in myself and then my teammates having it in me. Well, I think that, you know, that confidence side, I mean, you're seeing it grow with this entire team, too. You guys have been pretty much, I mean, I go back to it since that Air Force game. Once you got into conference play, I mean, there's been a whole lot of winning going on for the UNC Bears. I mean, you talk about confidence in yourself, but just talk to us about how this team has really clicked over the last two months. Yeah, it definitely started with us coming back home from break. It's just like the first practice we had, it was like everybody was just getting after it. And that's how all our practice has been since we came back and started conference play. Everybody getting after it, everybody going hard, everybody's in the gym after practice, getting extra time in with film. So that's just how our mindset has been. How it, yeah, well, talk to us about the buy-in, too. You're talking about, hey, guys are getting after it. They're going harder in practice. They're staying later. They're putting in more hours that are not like you. They're not the, the mandatory hours. You guys are just putting that in. Is that something you came together as a group and talked about? Or is it almost just like a mental thing? Everybody knows, hey, we have a good team here. We have a chance to go do something special this season. So is it just kind of like an unwritten agreement between, between teammates where it's like, hey, we're all just going to go grind. We're all going to put in extra hours yeah I, I think it definitely was an unwritten agreement that's why i feel like here our team is so special because we didn't have to have to sit down and have a meeting but oh we all got to get in the gym each and every day everybody was already doing it without us having conversation that's why i feel like we're gonna make it very far in this upcoming tournament 
Uh, a couple, you know, we're what a couple of weeks away. Five games remaining, five regular season games remaining, two home games remaining for the UNC Bears. And I'm, I'm telling you, get out here, watch this team. They are so, so good, so much fun. Uh, we got a texter chiming in here from my guy Ryan uh, Dayday. He wants to, he wants to know how your JUCO experience affected your confidence. Like how, how, how were you able to use that for what we're seeing on a nightly basis with the UNC Bears? Uh, shout out to uh, Coach Folder and uh, Coach Drew. Those are my uh, coaches for the last two years at Trinidad State. Uh, yeah, they just built so much confidence in me. Like as soon as I walked in the gym, like they know I had a like a rough, a rough past. I went to a juco before that called Seward in Liberal, Kansas. I didn't get to play there due to like me and the head coach wasn't like on the best of terms. So I told Coach Folder and Coach Drew, like, the background of that. And then just, like, talking to them each and every day, they just was building confidence in me in my game. How did that? You talk about your 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 first JUCO college. You know, I mean, how how frustrating was that for you personally? When you're like, hey, I'm not playing. We're I'm I'm kind of at odds with the coach here. Was there ever a part in your brain where you're like, hey, maybe I'm maybe I'm done. Maybe I don't I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to play basketball. Yeah, I definitely had a moment like that. Uh, like when I was like playing without in practice and stuff like that. Then I went home for break. And it's like, dang, mom, I don't want to go back because I feel like he's messing with me mentally, like my head. Like I ain't in a good space. Like go, go back and play basketball. So it's like, yeah, I definitely want to get basketball up. Then I try to have, a, I try to work. I'm like, nah, I can't work a nine to five right now. So my mom, she, oh, get back in the gym, get back in the gym. Go do you. So she built the confidence in me too to get back in the gym to be myself, and then. That's when I found Trinidad State. So your mom was that was that one that that person that motivated you to get you back in the gym, get you back to basketball. Well, hey, let me along with all the Bears fans thank your mom for for getting you back in the gym, man. Because I know Bears fans are thrilled that you are a UNC Bear. Yeah, thanks to my thanks to my mom only good. I love it, man. I absolutely love it. You've just been on a tear, especially these last couple of games, um, talking about building that confidence, talk about where this team is. Do you guys pay attention to the standings? Because, you know, you're sitting in that second spot in the Big Sky Conference, but with five games remaining, two games behind Eastern Washington with a game coming up against Eastern Washington this weekend, going to be massive. Um, there, there is an opportunity there where this Bears team could win the regular season uh, title. Do you talk about that? Do you think about that? Do you glance at the standings once in a while? Uh, I think at the beginning of the year when they had us ranked like very low in the standings, like the preseason rankings, that's when we looked at it a lot. But as time go on, we just stopped looking at it. And then we just playing each and every game like it's a championship game. We don't care about the rankings or who number one, who the bottom seed, that don't matter to us. We just play every game like it's a championship game. You know, one of the things I really love about you and, and what you've done, I mean, you, you were a starter at first, and then you, you come off the bench. And, I mean, man, you, we're talking a lot about – we're talking a lot about, like, the Denver Nuggets and how vital the bench is to a team. If you want to win a title, if you want to win championships, your bench has got to be just as good. What does that mean to you to, to lead and come in? I mean, you're playing a lot. You're playing starter minutes. It really – I mean, it's, it's whatever, semantics at this point. You're playing what – you play 27 minutes against Sacramento State. But that's something that you just really 
embraced. You don't see that a lot from players of your with your ability embrace that the way you have. And I think obviously that's a huge reason why the Bears are in this position right now. Yeah, at first I was like kind of down on it, but then I had to realize it's all—it's all not about me. It's about the team, so I can't be selfish. I can't be the person that bring the team down. So I really started to embrace it very early on, and then my confidence still—I'm the coaches still had confidence in me. Just like, oh, since you're not starting no more, doesn't mean you can't be confident. You can't play, be yourself. So just how, us having a conversations like that, it's still I still had a lot of confidence, even though I'm coming off the bench. Is it something mentally where you kind of have to tell yourself? Because, again, you're playing starter-like minutes. So whether or not you're actually starter, you're coming off the bench, is it something where once you get over that hurdle of bench you know, versus starter, once you get over that hurdle, it really doesn't matter. Because, you're, you know, the last five, six games, you've been – either the leader in scoring or, or second. So getting over that hump of the, the, the word bench player, was that kind of that, – that was the challenge. And once you got over that, here we go. Yeah, once I got over that, it definitely was a good, a good thing for me mentally. Uh, yeah, I feel like yeah, once I got over that hump, it definitely was good for me. I wasn't down on myself no more. I was just feeling good about everything that was going on. We was winning, so that didn't like really affect anything to how I was feeling. We're talking to DeJour Reeves of the uh, UNC Bears. They got another big one tomorrow. We are rounding out the season for sure. We're getting down to it. Um, what's your What's your relationship like with Coach Smiley um, at at this stage? Oh, uh, me and Coach Smiley relationship is pretty good. I mean, we have a lot of meetings. Just talking about how the season goes, how the season going. We watching like film together, like after each game. It just like our confidence definitely got better over the time within the couple months we had. We're talking to Dejour Reeves with the UNC Bears. I think did we lose him for a second there? We still got him. We still got him. Um, let's make sure that connection's okay. Uh, man, this guy's been rolling. He's my player of the week. He's been absolutely on fire, and I love. I love these stories, too, you know, where where you see guys kind of growing with the program or growing as a young man, growing as a basketball player. And he's telling us, hey, I was at another junior college before I was at Trinidad State and I was frustrated. I, you know, I I wasn't playing. I I wasn't playing. I had odds with the coach, whatever. And he takes that and he grows from it. And now he is one of the main reasons we're looking at this Bears team it's just been on fire right now. Sixteen and ten overall, nine and four in the conference. Man, I mean, did you think at the beginning of the season, Dejour, that you guys would be at this stage? I mean, I know you got to believe in yourself and you got to be confident, but did you think really, honestly, you'd be sitting at second place with a realistic chance to overtake that top spot in the Big Sky Conference? Did you did you see that coming to start the year? Yeah, I definitely see like the way we was working each and every day in practice because we'll have summer camp and then we'll go straight to weight room and then straight to practice. So just like seeing the guys not complain about how hard the day is going to be and things like that, I just knew like from the beginning we were going to be a very tough team to beat and a very tough team to play throughout the season. I know we had like a couple of rough times at the beginning of the season, but I feel like that's what made us who we are today. Well, and I, I've I've said this a lot, Day Day. Um, I was at that Buffs game, 
And I and I, I think I came back a week or two later and I said, this Bears team's not the same team that, that played that Buffs team. This, this team grew so much. And I'm telling you, that's one of the most impressive things to me is you're going to have bad games. You're going to have stretches where maybe it doesn't feel like you're the team you thought you were going to be. But then if you're able to recover midseason, and you did pretty much right after that Buffs game, you guys were you guys got smoking hot. I, I think that that's one of the more special things to see in a long basketball season. Yeah, I feel like like the, with the losses we have throughout the season, I feel like that don't break us. I know some teams and like it'll break the team confidence. Like, oh, we should have beat them. But I feel like that just make us go harder the next time we step on that floor. It just make us play all together, play harder every possession of the game. Well, let's see if they can get another dub tomorrow night, 6 o'clock against Idaho, and then Eastern Washington's coming to town this weekend. Some huge games there. And then your Road Warriors to finish the season at Weber State, at Idaho State, at Northern Arizona. Uh, I got to ask about the nickname. How many people call you Day-Day versus uh, how many people call you DeJour? Uh, my whole family calls me Day-Day. I'm really, I'm, I really don't like being called by my government. The only people that call me by my government uh, sometimes my coaches, and then my mother when she's mad at me, and then my grandparents. That That's when you know it's serious? <laughs> yeah. They'll say my whole government name from my first name to my last name. When did you – so did you add that nickname early on then as, as a little guy? Yeah, I had a nickname growing up. Uh, I got it – my mom got it from uh, the movie Next Friday. I don't know. If you, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, that was a great yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah, Mike Epps, that's his name in the, uh, in the movie, Day Day, so that's where my, my mother got it from. Oh, I love it, man. Well, your mom sounds like a great individual. Uh, again, we thank her. Well, we thank her for the nickname. Gotta love that nickname. And then for helping you find your motivation to get back into basketball. And I know Bears fans are just thrilled about it, dude. Five games left for you. Five regular season games. I know they're all big for you at this stage. But it's ultimately about the Big Sky Tournament and what you guys can do in it. So, man, from all of us here at the station, we just wish you the best of luck. Really appreciate you coming on. And, uh, you know, thanks again for being a joy to watch out there. Thank you for having me. All right, my man. There he is, Day-Day Reeves. Day-Day Reeves has been on fire the last few games. He had 24 points coming off that bench for the Bears as they you know, they beat Sacramento State coming off of the overtime loss to Portland State. I, what I love to see with this team, Angel, when's the last time they lost two in a row? Back way before conference play. It was they had the Texas A and M, uh, the Texas A and M uh, com. Uh, what, what was that? What was that team? Uh, Texas A and M Commerce. Commerce that went to overtime. D- double overtime. Yeah. yeah, it went to double overtime. One hundred one to ninety nine. Then they lost the Buffs, and that listen, the Buffs were the Buffs are were were good or are good or whatever you want to say about them. But the Bears, like it, nothing was falling. It was like everything that could go wrong in that game. And I'm not saying the Bears would have beat CU had they made. A couple more shots. It was it was a rough game, but the way they recovered after that, they they haven't lost two in a row since. So that, uh, that's what you like to see with a good team. Yeah, you you just go back to that Air Force game, and that was, I know as Coach Smiley talked about, it, it was a game where you weren't really sure where the mentality was because you're going into break. Um, he said, you know, there were players like on the way back to Greeley, they had to drop players off at the airport so they could go travel wherever. Um, but then coming back from break, coming off of a win like that on the road against a Mountain West team. Uh, even not a great Mountain West team, but 
power, you know, division one sure. power five yeah, team. Absolutely. Uh, and then you get into conference play and you have that confidence. And then those two games against North Dakota and Denver where it's okay, it's not really going to hurt us in conference play. You still go out and win those two. And that's just, uh, this team has found their confidence. They found their chemistry a lot. And if Day Day can keep this up going in the next couple of weeks, it's a scary guy coming off the bench. I like that he opened up a little bit with us about the bench because he, he, he flat out said, hey, I was kind of frustrated at first. I'm going from a starter to a bench role. And I do think that that's a mental hurdle to get over for players. Like, now I'm no longer a starter. He's playing the same amount of minutes. I've seen so many teams where their, their sixth man is more important than, like, the three, four, and five guy. I've seen a lot of teams like that. So you kind of have to just get over that hump, embrace it, and he has. I mean, that, that's a phenomenal thing because it, gives, it, it does. We had a texter here who said, hey, um, uh, where is it? Lost it. Lost it. He makes us deeper and better. We, we're, we're talking about maybe the difference between the Nuggets winning a championship or not is if their bench is weak. It's, it's vital, whether you're college or, or in the NBA. You've got to have that at least one guy that's really lighting it up off the bench. Yeah, and the way he's playing the last four or five games, it's really showing you the the impact of that. I know Smiley's talked about that all year, about the depth that this team has. And when you can get a guy like DeJour to come off the bench and start putting up big numbers, not just supplemental numbers, it it makes you more of a threat. And then you can mix and match him with different rotations and get different matchups on the floor at any given time. So it's it's good to see. Yeah, it really is. It, this Bears team's fun. You got to watch them. Do we do we do we have any tickets to give away, or were you out of those tickets? We gave some away this morning. Did they give away all four of them? Yes. Okay, they're gone. All right, we give away Eastern Washington tickets. There you go. How about I give a pair of East of tickets to go see the UNC Bears take on Eastern Washington? And Angel, if the Bears can handle their business tomorrow night, that Eastern Washington game is going to be absolutely epic because if you can win that, you'll then be a game behind Eastern Washington. You'll have the split with them. That's a There's a realistic shot that the Bears could win the regular season title. Big Sky Conference regular season title. Now, again, they'll still have to win the tournament to get in, but that's a, this is a special opportunity. So let's give a pair of tickets away right now. Let's go caller number seven on the First Advantage Hotline. Big game this Saturday. Caller number seven, 970-353-1310. That's 970-353-1310. You'll get a pair of tickets to go see the Bears take on... Uh, the Eastern Washington Eagles coming up on Saturday, Saturday night. That is a that's a six o'clock game. So caller seven nine seven zero three five three thirteen ten. It's the whole show powered by Chevron. We'll be right back. Start your day with Good Morning NoCo with Brian, Gary, and Tanner Schwint on Northern Colorado's Voice. 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. Hi, this is Terry Fry, author, journalist, screenwriter, and you're listening to Brady Hall on The Hall Show, 1310 KFKA. On the Rock Slicker, we'll get you whatever you need. Maybe you're going to have a beverage or two tonight. Stay up late and watch CSU New Mexico, whatever it is. Gear up for the weekend. That's on the Rocks Liquor. Um, Tony, John, husband and wife duo, they run the show there. It's a family-owned business, uh, and I absolutely love who they are, what they're about, the care they take to make sure they're getting the stuff that you want. They're supporting local breweries as well, but they're still going to have 
the staple of of the big brands that you need too. So whatever you need, they've got it. That's a, on the Rock Slicker. They're half a mile south of Highway 34 on 47th Avenue, kind of kind of somewhat across the the street from Buffalo Wild Wings. There here uh, in Greeley, First Advantage text line eight 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 five three zero. Zero zero four three. All right, so we learned that DeJore Reeves is, uh, you got his nickname from the movie uh, Next Friday. You never know what you're going to learn on this show, Angel. Yeah, it's one of those, I figured that's where it came from, because oh, that's the only day-day I really know. Yeah. Um, I just thought maybe it was DeJore Reeves, so maybe they started calling him Day, and then it became Day-Day. I, I don't know. But it, that's the movie. That's cool. There you go. Yeah. One of those cult classic movies. You like the first one better than the second one. Yeah, I mean, I like the second one. It's good with, uh, you know, with Pink, with Pinky that comes into the record shop. Yeah, um, yeah. And they got they got to steal the money from the the neighbors, and the dog, they they feed the dog the weed brownie, and he passes out. It's a I that was the first one that I saw. I didn't see the original until a couple of years after, but I saw the first it's funny, second one. But I think the first one just for me, I enjoy it more. Would you say it. I? It's probably because of Chris Tucker. So and Chris Tucker wasn't in the second one. No. And that's because what? Because Ice, Cube, Ice Cube didn't pay him he for the first pay. one. <laughs> Tucker's like the guy that made that movie. Yeah, it was Smokey. Yeah, without him, that the movie's not very good. It's just Thursday. Like Ice Cube wasn't even really, he's an all right actor, but he really wasn't a good actor, really, when those no, movies came out. No, and that was more out. of just like, this is like a fun project we're going to do, and my friend Chris Tucker's going to join me on it, and then. Just like you didn't pay me for it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you want to do back. another one? He's like, no. So they brought Mike Epps in. Yes, who was good in that movie. Yes. He was very good. That guy was hot and hot and heavy for a moment, Mike Epps, and then he just kind of disappeared back to stand up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had his moments. First advantage text line eight 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 five three zero 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 four three. Angel, are we ever going to get this deal done with uh, with Altitude and Comcast? It sure sounds like this thing is dead in the water at this stage. Yeah, from what I heard from from what we heard from Cronky back in. In the spring preseason, I don't think so. Well, here's what he said in the preseason. Um, he said, well, he basically said we're going to do everything in our power to get this thing right, but I would advise you to be looking at other options as well. They're echoing that statement, and this is what came out Monday evening. KSC president of Media Ventures, Matt Hutchings, said, Altitude Sports is working tirelessly looking for a resolution in this uh, coverage dispute with Comcast, we also encourage fans to look at other means to watch their hometown teams on Altitude Sports, including DirecTV, DirecTV Stream, Charter, which is Spectrum TV, Fubo TV. So if that's if that's the thing, like, hey, we're trying, but I would suggest you go a different route. Well, it definitely feels more on the uh, Comcast side than Altitude. Mm-hmm. It does. You just don't you don't know, but yeah, it certainly does. It's like we have the product, like we have other people that are interested in our product. Yeah, aren't the we ratings want... pretty good? Didn't somebody share like, the ratings are actually pretty good for the Nuggets like and the apps? Twenty seven percent increase. Wow! Like within the last year, maybe in terms of viewers, I'd have to look it up. I wonder if that's just more people getting into the Nuggets and apps, or is it people switching over to Directv? Could it be both? Could be both. They're two popular teams. So here's something that KSE should look at. Um, the Pelicans, the New Orleans Pelicans and the Ve- Las Vegas Golden Knights had a old school solution that they put together. And I think other teams have done this too. They offer local games on on free over-the-air TV. So what would that be for here? What would be the channel that you just get that's just free, that's just there? Is that That's like we have our own antenna and we're... Yeah, or we're connected to an antenna that broadcasts, you know, 
basic antenna television? Yeah, I remember when I first moved into one of my apartments um, when I was in college, you just plug in your cable and you get like two channels mm-hmm. before you even subscribe to anything. Yeah. What channel is that? Is it 20? Possibly. Yeah, I'm not. It's re- usually, you know, like your Foxes, CBSs, those are normally free. I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, and I, I lucked out because DirecTV was in this dispute as well, but they ultimately crossed over. And you were able to get, you know, I, I was able to get it. I'll admit, I watched a couple of weird Nuggets games, though, before that happened. Certain links I was given. Um, I tried it. I was scared, Angel. But you basically got their broadcast, but you didn't get the, the television production. You got no commercials. So when they went to break, you would just stay at the stadium and watch whatever crap they're going to throw out there, the dog running around on a unicycle or something like that. Kind of sparky. <laughs> I just, you don't get to see Rocky do the halftime stuff. At, yeah, at, you know. When so you're, you're watching, watching all these other different ones. Yeah, I, so, I mean the way I watch Nuggets games. Yes. Oh, you still? That's right. You still? I won't say. Anything. Sometimes it's through NBA TV. Uh, sometimes it's through the NBA League Pass that I have from a friend that he sends me a link. And I'm surprised that still works because they're they're crunching down on a lot of that stuff. Yeah. But. You just keep doing what well, you got to do, man. They don't know. It doesn't hurt. Yeah, them. what they don't know won't hurt them. All right, coming up, we got the top story of the day. Also, I'll recap my conversation with Brian and Tanner. Tanner is so wrong. People aren't wanting Luka Doncic now. They can't. The trade deadline's over. But they listen to this show and they educate themselves. So they say, okay, in three years, does it make sense? Four years, whatever it is. We'll talk about that more coming up. It's the whole show powered by Chevron. We'll be right back.